Welcome to the Sozo Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. You guys are in a series called Make Room. Do you know that? If you're here every week, you know that. And uh, today, uh, we're going to be talking about making room for peace. And uh, so if you brought your Bible, you can open to Philippians 4, and uh, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit from Philippians 4. You can put that little thingamabob in Philippians 4, and, uh, and, then, and then turn over to uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, and, uh, and we're going to start there as we get started. Can I just say, I, I really like the city by the bay. Man, I've been, I've, been, I've been hearing Journey songs all week, you know? I like me some Journey. I'd tell you how old I am. But anyway, uh, you guys like Ariel Pena or Steve Perry? You guys don't know Journey, do you? All right, so, all right. Well, we'll move on from there then, all right. Huh? All right. So, uh, but it's, it's just been a, been a beautiful week. I like rain, so I have love this week and uh, some, some nice cool rain. I got to go to Alcatraz, and that was cool. Kind of did the tourist thing for a couple of days. And uh, did y'all know that there were, there were uh, private citizens that lived on Alcatraz at the same time it was a penitentiary? I had no idea. Till I got there, thinking I wouldn't live with my kids here when, you know, anyway, maybe I'm weird that way. But uh, I love the city by the bay, and I'm glad that you guys are here and that Jesus is breathing life into San Francisco through you, and uh, you guys are doing, doing great. So, uh, so Philippians 4 and John, we're going to start in John 14. All the scriptures will be up on the screen and so if you didn't bring your Bible today, you can, you can follow along with us up on the screen. But uh, there was a woman who for years and years uh, struggled with fear that someone was going to break into her home. And it, it, she worried and worried and worried about it. It kept her awake at night. She lost sleep. And, and she was miserable for a decade and so one night she's asleep, she and her husband, and they hear something downstairs. And so he goes downstairs, and it's a burglar. And he says, hey, would you come upstairs? My wife has been waiting 10 years to meet you. <laughs> but you, you know, I don't, I, you don't need the courtesy laugh for me. That's not that funny. I get it. But you know, a burglar can steal from us once. But worry can steal from us for decades. Anxiety. You know, we, we, we are people who, who get flu shots. We use hand sanitizer. Some of you have an air ionization machine that you, you carry around with you. We take precautions, don't we? And yet we drive without our seatbelts and we text Drive with our knee and text while we drive. Come on. Am I the only one that does that? Right? 
we, we worry about perceived dangers while we ignore real ones. There are some real dangers out there, but most of the stuff that we worry about is not even real. I mean, some psychologists say 85% of the stuff that you worry about will never even come to pass. And 79% of the people for whom it does come to pass say, I had everything I needed and it wasn't that big a deal. And yet we worry and worry and worry about stuff. And it's an odd thing to me because... Because they're now measuring anxiety. And, and America is the most anxious planet, anxious nation on the planet. And the most anxious nation on the planet since anxiety has been recorded by mental health professionals. We're the most medicated society in history. And yet our cars are safer. Our medicine is better. We have better technology than we've ever had, and yet people in third world nations score higher than us on anxiety tests. What are we so worried about? One study says that the average child today experiences the same level of emotional distress as a psychiatric patient in the 1960s. That's an average child today. And yet most Americans today would say, you know what would solve my problem is money. But people with money say that they'd trade everything they have for peace. Friend, you have everything you need for a peaceful life. And if you find yourself today in a situation where you're really worrying, you're anxious, you're fearful, here's what you need to hear. You are not a second-class Christian because you go through that. Okay? You're still God's kids. And the enemy of your soul will whisper in your ear the entire time you worry that God's real kids don't go through this. And it's a lie. You're not a second-class Christian because you deal with some anxiety. We all deal with it. But there's a reason the devil is after your peace. And the reason why is because if he gets your peace, everything else you own comes easy to him. So if you have a little peace, the devil's going to fight you for it. And if you don't have peace, the devil will fight you to make sure you never get any. It's not just the absence of conflict that we're talking about here. What we're talking about is is the ability to, to be joyful. The ability to rest, the ability to live with confidence that everything is going to be okay. What would it be like? What would it be like for you to live a day, a week, a month, a year, 
without worrying. So good. What, what would your life be like worry-free? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Because that really is God's desire for you, and it is the promise of Jesus. It is the birthright of every believer in Jesus that you're able to live without anxiety and worry. It's the promise of God, and it is always available to you in any circumstance that you go through. You may be thinking right now, you know what, I think that's true for most people, but, but that preacher doesn't know what I'm dealing with right now. It's the promise of Jesus, no matter what you go through. And in fact, the peace that God gives will disturb the chaos around you. And when the peace of God disturbs the chaos around you, you begin to defeat the enemy in a way that he, he realizes you become off limits to his work. That's the peace that passes all understanding. And that's the peace that God desires for you to have. This is John 14, verse 27. Here's what Jesus says, words of Jesus here. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. And so there's a difference between the peace that the world gives and the peace that Jesus gives. You know, the, the peace that Jesus gives depends on what sort of peace that you need. What sort of peace do you need right now? You, you know, the Americans were, were polled and they were asked, what are the top things that cause you stress right now? And here are the top five. Number one, personal income. Will I have enough money to get through the future? It's a good question. Number two, social security. It's sort of related to the first one. Will there be enough social security for me when I finish working? Number three, possible terrorist attacks. Will I become the victim of some terrorist attack? Number four, health care availability. And number five, race relations. I was just reading this morning, uh, the, the dictionary.com has identified a word of the year. Okay, it's a $43 word. You ready for this? The word is existentialism. That's a $43, maybe a $53 word right there. <laughs> All right? Existentialism is a philosophy that emphasizes individual existence and freedom of choice. But here's, here's what existentialism says, that, that even, if, even if the world around me is irrational, I still have the freedom to make rational choices. And the reason why is because of gun violence, climate change, and the nature of our democracy. So I'll ask you, what are you worried about? Because when, when, Jesus, when Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid, do you know that whatever it is 
that, that if you're worried about gun violence or terrorism or climate change or, or anything like that, those, those really are not the things that Jesus had in, in mind here. And, and here's the reason why. If you look all the way back up to verse 1 of, of John 14, it's not going to be on your screen, so if you don't have your, your Bibles, you're going to have to just trust me here. Got the whole thing memorized, so, right? Here, here's, here's what verse 1 says. Jesus looks at his friends and he says, are your hearts troubled? Why are your hearts troubled? And he says the same thing to you today. It's that simple. It's that precious. And it's that personal. You need to know he comes to you today. And he says, is your heart troubled? Because I don't like it when your heart's troubled. I don't like it when your heart is troubled. And so he says, I give you peace, but not as the world gives. You know the world gives peace? Do you know the world gives peace in a hundred ways? Retirement accounts, health insurance, fire department. And you know it's not wrong to find peace in those things. But the trouble is, is that those things can all be shaken. That's why Jesus says, I give you peace, but not as the world gives. You, you guys realize that you could have a million dollars in a retirement account, and you all know the stock market can crash, right? You, you know you can have health insurance and still get sick. And health insurance will cover a portion, and, but it'll never save your life. You realize that, that, I mean, you guys live in this. I don't, but fires can come. Your house still burned down while the fire trucks are on their way. You guys probably know people that happened to. All right? That's why it's really important that Jesus said, oh, I'll give you peace, but it won't be as the world gives. The world gives peace. And it's not wrong to find peace the way the world gives. The peace Jesus gives is not dependent on the right circumstances. So the peace Jesus gives is peace even when there's no retirement account. Peace even when there's no health insurance. Peace, even though the fires are getting closer. There's still peace for you because the peace that Jesus gives is not based on the circumstances that you're going through. And so no matter what you go through, the peace that Jesus gives remains unshaken. That's the kind of peace Jesus has for you. So this is Philippians 4. If you've got your little thingamabob there in Philippians 4. 
I want to begin reading in verse 4. We're going to read verses 4 to 8. Here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be apparent to all. The Lord is near. Be anxious, here it is, for nothing. Can anybody say amen to that? (laughs) But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Think on these things. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Now, I find it a little challenging when he says, be anxious for nothing. It would have been okay with me if he said, be anxious except on Mondays. Or, or, or be anxious except for the holidays. I mean, give me, a, give me a small window of opportunity to really get my worrying done, right? Because I need a little time to fret over my stuff. But he says, be anxious for nothing. And, he, and here's, the hard, here's the hard thing about it. Is a lot of times we read this and we think, man, if I'm worrying, I must be far from God. That's not what he means here. Here's what he means. He means it's possible for you to live a life without perpetual anxiety. It doesn't mean that you never encounter a situation where you go, oh, that's odd. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I wish I did. This could take me a couple of months to figure out. But it's possible to live without perpetual anxiety and all of us deal with it from time to time but God wants us to give us he wants to give us a way to overcome it but it takes faith listen peace from God can never come without faith in God so (laughs) so when he says in verse 6 be anxious for nothing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you a little Greek word, okay? Now, when I teach you a Greek word, it's going to have a little bit of a West Texas accent to it. So I'm going to ask you to say it with me, and I want to hear a little West Texas with it, okay? All right. I appreciate that. Here's, here's the Greek word, merimnao. Say it with me, merimnao, okay? Here's what it means. It's made up of two words. And the Greek people did this a lot. They would combine two words. So the first word is merimna, and it means to tear or divide or to separate, uh, to, to draw in opposite directions and, and to go into pieces. That's the first part of the word. The second word is the word nao, which is the word for the mind, Do you hear what he's saying here? So here, here's what anxiety does to people. 
Anxiety tears your mind in half. Anxiety is when your mind is torn between healthy thoughts and destructive thoughts. And it's what James had in mind in James 1.8 when he says a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. And so you might even say that a person who lives under perpetual anxiety is falling to pieces. And some of you said, have said that before. I feel like I'm falling to pieces. And that's exactly what merimnao means. And it is not God's will for you. It is not God's will for you. So let me, let me, there's a, there's a solution in Philippians 4. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But let me give you the definition of a stronghold. You, you, you guys recognize that word from Scripture? Okay, in the Old Testament, it was, a, it was a, a military strategy. They would be in a stronghold where the enemy couldn't defeat them because it was, a, it was a, a hold where they could hold their unit with strength, a stronghold. And so the New Testament talks about the enemy gaining a stronghold in our minds. Okay, so here's what a stronghold is. A stronghold is anything you know to be against the will of God that you also see as unchangeable. You understand why that's a stronghold? And so if you've ever had the thought, you know, my grandmama worried, my mama worried, I'm just going to be a worrier. You got a stronghold there. Because you know from Scripture that it's not God's will for you to live that way. And so I'm asking you today to engage your faith, engage God. And if it's not God's will for you to live anxiously, then you have a choice to walk away from it. That's the will of God for you. But it's going to take a fight. You're going to have to fight for it. Because the enemy doesn't want you to have it. All right? So let me give you, right quick, four things from Philippians 4 that will help you, I think. Number one is rejoice in God's goodness. Verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. He writes as, as he's sitting in a prison cell with chains dangling from his wrists and ankles. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. So what are you going through? What is it today that has your attention? Rejoice in the Lord. Has the Lord's goodness changed? 
because you go through a hard circumstance? Then rejoice. Listen, this is not shallow, cliche Christianity, okay? So, so many people will say, you guys, you know, you guys live on cliches, and Philippians is the king of the refrigerator verses, and you cut one and put it up there, and, you know, this is the one we're going to live on today. And, and it almost does sound, rejoice in the Lord. And that is not what he's saying. That is not what he's saying. He's in prison. And they're telling him he will be executed. And here's what he writes. God God is good. And so I'm going to rejoice in the goodness of God. That's what I'm going to do. Don't meditate on, you know, the longer you stare at something, the larger it becomes. So, so what he's calling us to is to decide on what we will stare. Will you stare at your problem or will you stare at the Lord? You know, human beings are the only creatures on the planet who have the ability to control their minds. Animals can't do that. People can. And what God is calling us to is by faith, when you face a hard circumstance, is to say, I'm going to look to the goodness of God. This is my choice. I'm not going to be subject to the whims of a, of a spiritual being that hates me and hates God. I'm going to control my vessel. And I'm going to look to the goodness of God. This is what, this is what he's calling us to. Anxiety and gratitude cannot share the same heart. So look to the goodness of God. Here's the second thing, is to ask God for help. You know, at some point, we're going to have to learn how to pray. We're not going to get out of here without it, you know? If you're like me, you feel like you stink at prayer. I just, I'm not good at it. And the enemy will tell you that all the days of your life. But there's no, there's no such thing as a magic prayer. You can't, pray, you can't pray somebody else's words. Pray your words. They don't, you, know, you know what makes a prayer good? Is faith. Not, the, not eloquence. You know, Jesus, Jesus went down to the, to the temple one day, and here's this guy praying all these elaborate prayers. And another guy who goes, God help me, I'm a sinner. And Jesus goes, this guy's got it going on right here. And I'm like, that, that helps me in my prayer life. Because sometimes that's all I've got. God help me. Verse 6 says, make your request known to God. And, and the Greek word for request can mean itemize requests. List them out. What do you want God to do? Tell God what you want him 
to do. Let me, I'm going to give you two huge scriptures. Make a note of these and look them up when, when you can. Isaiah 62, 6 says, You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest. Now listen, that doesn't mean God forgets. God wants to know you haven't forgotten. Here's, here's the second one, Isaiah 43, 26. And this is God speaking to you. Put me in remembrance and let us argue our case together. Now that doesn't mean we're going to argue against each other. That means that you come around on God's side and he says, together, we're going to make a case against this thing. Put me in remembrance, he says, and let's, let's argue our case together. Remind the Lord of what he's promised you. God loves to be reminded of his promises. And if, and if, you, if you're sitting here today and you would say, you know what, I don't think I have any promises from God. Do you, okay, do you know Scripture is full of them? Scripture is full of the promises of God, and one of them is that it's God's will for you to live a peaceful life. So put God in remembrance of Philippians 4. And here's what you're saying. I know that God's eyes are on me. I know that God has not forgotten me, and I'm so thankful that he's watching over me. That's a promise from God that God wants you to put him in remembrance of. He goes, oh, she's not forgotten. That's good. And he comes all the closer. Here's, here's the third thing, is let the peace of God guard you. This is verse 7, Philippians 4. Four, seven, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And this, this little Greek word is, is sort of hard to say, but it, it means to protect by a military guard to prevent a hostile invasion. And, and you'll, you'll begin to recognize this peace because in the natural... You shouldn't have it. Now listen, let me tell you what I, what's happened to me before. I've been facing a difficult circumstance, and the peace of God kept trying to come, and I kept going, man, I'm just, I'm torn, I'm falling to pieces. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. The peace of God, and I kept declaring my problems. So listen, Listen, when you begin to engage God, the peace of God will come and it'll make no sense to you. You'll say, you'll say, I should not be this peaceful. That's the peace of God. Let it come. It is an impart, it's a spiritual impartation. We say we're spiritual. Walk by the Spirit then. Let, let the peace of God, come. it's coming right now. Let it come. Why would we keep declaring to God our problems when there's a peaceful impartation 
that is being extended right now. Let it come. And here's the fourth thing is to set your mind on what is good. Verse 8, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Do you know, do you know that the love of God is excellent and praiseworthy? It is. So you, you want an impartation of peace? I want you to bow your heads. I want you to open your heart. We're just going to ask God to come. A crowd this size, who knows how many, how many issues there are we're dealing with in here. So whatever it is you're dealing with, could you just open your heart to begin to rejoice in the goodness of God? Just begin, just in your heart, to celebrate the goodness of God. Tell God, God, thank you that your eyes are on me right now. That you've never forgotten about me. You've never neglected me. I've never been one moment, one second away from your thoughts, God. And I'm thankful for that. And I celebrate that because only a good God could love me like that. And just open your own heart to the Lord to celebrate His goodness. You've not been forgotten. You've not been neglected. You may have felt that way, but never for a second. And now just ask God for help. Whatever it is you're facing, just open your heart and say, God, here's, here's what I need. Finances, job opportunities, healing in my body, healing for someone that I love. God, just, just make it known to him. And then let the peace of God guard you. This is when there's just this irrational confidence that comes to us from outside of us. And it is an impartation from your Father in heaven. And you can carry that for the rest of your life. Now you're going to have to fight for it but you can carry that for the rest of your life. Father, I thank you today that you've come among people, even us today. And I'm thankful today, God, that your eyes are on us and that you're aware of our circumstances. And God, for all the things that we've tried to inform you about, about how things work, we just put a guard over our mouths today. And we open our hearts to you to say thank you for your nearness and for your love that never fails. Would you teach us, God, how to walk in peace? Peace that will never be shaken by the hard stuff we go through. And peace 
that will disturb the chaos around us and make even our friends say, what is the secret? God, would you make yourself known in our lives? We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Join us each week here on the podcast or live in San Francisco. Keep up with life at Sozo by following at Sozo Church SF on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great day.